Welcome to My Creative Corner 3, a podcast about my quilting journey and life in a northern town. Show notes can be found at mycreativecorner3.wordpress.com. Please leave a comment and we can continue the conversation online. My name is Vicki. Welcome to the podcast. Today is November 7th. We survived Halloween around here with six inches of snow. Um, it has warmed up and melted the accumulation off the ground because the ground isn't frozen yet. But we've had a couple more episodes of snow. And this week, being the first week of November, is the week of the deep freeze. Um, it's been cold in the 30s all week and it's supposed to only be a high of 20 on Friday. So I want to say I like it cold. I do. I like the cold weather. Um, I've been getting to the gym more. I've been working out. Been getting a lot done. I just, I don't know, the heat just drains me. Cold, um, it can drain you after a while, but it's mostly that life slows down a little bit when it's cold. It takes a lot longer to warm up your car, to go places, to do things. But in the house, I have things pretty organized to where I can just go from one sewing session, quilting session, project, house cleaning to the next. I like the winter. I like, you know, after the busyness of summer, we balance our 90 day of frenzy and activity of the summer months and sunshine to almost a hibernation in the winter of I'm busy, but I'm home. Yeah, gray days have started up. October can be bad, and so can November. We haven't had a ton of sunshine. I do um, miss having cool sunny days because we get that a lot. Um, so I'm looking forward to a cool sunny day. College football still going. Um, I've been watching that. I'm not sure I'm going to get into any more in-person games. The high school football team made it um, the one uh parochial school to the second round of the playoffs um but it was raining and snowing so bad last weekend we we my husband and i looked at each other and said oh no we just can't freeze not not in on a day like today and catch a very bad cold and be miserable so i have to say i've discovered with um having been an empty nester now for four years that this is a time of year where I start getting um, bored. Empty nesters, um, people who are at the brink of the big M, maybe that word would be menopause. I'm still not there yet, but you know, what I'm finding is I'm bored. You know, don't get me wrong. You know, I feel great. I, I love what's going on. I I have a very full and rich life, but I get bored. I mean, I've been doing the same job for 25 years. I've been quilting for all of my life, knitting, crocheting, tatting all my life. So the one thing that I haven't been doing is playing music. So I'm thinking I need to, I've been talking about this for a couple months and I haven't done it yet, is start playing music more this winter. Um, it it's, it's a great thing to do, and it's going to be creative in a different way. You know, when you get to a point where you don't have your whole life scheduled every minute because of family activities or because of um, school schedule and 
Your whole life isn't dictated by all of the busyness of not having an empty nest. Um, I have to say this, the transition to empty nest wasn't that hard. But now that I've been here a while, I find that especially this time of year when I don't have every minute just multiple things clamoring for it, I kind of get bored and I have to find things to do. So what do I do? Well, I'm going to get the music out and cut my nails short because you can't play violin with long nails. And I'm mm-hmm. going to do that. But the other part of this is trying new things. So I decided, wow, what would be a new thing I could try? How about something that's important to me, like teaching a beginner class. I have lots of people tell me that they want to do a beginner class. So I'm advertising right here and right now, shameless self-promotion. I'm teaching a class at Delphine's Quilt Shop in January. And if you know anyone in the 49735 zip code of Michigan, and Delphine has a nice website, well, they could take a class. I'm going to teach a four-week sampler, maybe five-week, five-week sampler class We're going to do five blocks with a connector block. Um, I've been doing some sneaky peeks on Instagram and on the blog. I'm writing patterns for it. I have one big quilt made, but I figured it was way too ambitious for a beginner class, and I'm scaling it down to a very small infant-sized quilt or a wall hanging or table topper. It's just a beginner piece. Writing patterns has been a challenge in the past, and I'm thinking, wow, Um, So far, I don't understand why it was so overwhelming to me a few years ago when I tried writing patterns, except for the fact that now I'm feeling a lot better physically. Um, I had some physical problems that need to be worked on, and I I don't know, maybe maybe my brain is just ready for it now. So I've been writing some patterns, which has encouraged me to try something else, which is new. write some paper piecing patterns and write some patterns that I want to put out there for sale in January. So I've got a lot of things to keep me busy. Don't worry about that. I have got so much to do. I am down to having, I think, seven of my own quilt tops to do. Um, One is a quilt for cure quilt that I made in September, which I finished this morning and it is going to be gifted on Friday. Uh, So I'm getting there. I also have a few Long Army customer quilts, and they are not under the Christmas deadline, which I am so glad to have a little breathing space because some of these are pretty big quilts, and I need some time to really think about how the customer wants them done, get the exact right thread, and I do my best work when I'm not pressured of a short time period. I don't need a six month um, deadline, but I need a deadline, but not a, not a uh, two week one. I just don't do well with that. And I have, you know, a full-time job too. So I got to think about that. (laughs) So, so what else have I been doing? Well, I decided to um, challenge myself. I started writing a weekly series on things that are important to me about quilting. And the first week I wrote a Five things to do to get your quilt done or to get your quilts finished exactly is how it's put it on the blog, how I put it on the blog. Boy, isn't it funny how you can get talking and then when you start 
thinking and listening to what you say, you're like, man, I don't know how anyone can understand a word I'm saying. But what prompted me about the five things to do to finish your quilts article is that I was a big proponent many years ago going around the internet. Um, I believe Victoria Finlay Wolf, she wrote a book called 15 Minutes of Play. Now the book was about improvisationally piecing quilts. And I love VFW as her fans call her. I do enjoy her work and I absolutely love this idea of spending 15 minutes a day. And I'll be honest, this is uh, something that I've you know, ascribed to for a long time, well before the book was written a couple years ago, is that if it's what we do every day that adds up to accomplishment. And um, another book that I read that made a big impact on me, and this is one of the big um, tenets of the book, was The Happiness Project by Gretchen Rubin. And really, these are kind of like little nuggets of wisdom that our great-grandmothers have passed on to me. And I actually remember my grandmothers and great-grandmothers. Yes, I did know mine. Um, told me. It's like, just do a little bit every day. And especially, you know, as I was a child who was really full of um, energy and a little hyperactive, I would just want to bully through everything in a just a big whirlwind of energy and not necessarily pace myself or really want to focus on what I'm doing. Obviously, that's a sign of being young and a child. But as I've gotten older, I'm finding, you know, I can't just sit and do an eight hour day of sewing. So what I decided to do is write up these five tips. Well, the first thing of it is I can't really get a lot done in 15 minutes, but you could, but really 20 minutes or 30 minutes 20 is my goal, and sometimes I run over the 20 minutes, and sometimes it doesn't take me 20 minutes to do my goal for the day, but what I wind up doing is having multiple types of 20-minute goals throughout the day. I have a 20 to 30-minute long-arming goal every day, and if it's a queen, I will have to budget it to about 45 because it will just take me that long to do one pass, one row a day, 20 minutes. Same with sewing. Set up the project that I'm working on or set up the block. Have all the fabrics pulled, the pattern ready. Maybe one day I'll do is cut the block out. Because see, I do a one block at a time method. One row at a time. I feel way more accomplished when I do it that way. And again, going back to my music thing, it is no different than when I was practicing learning how to play violin and string bass when I was a kid. Yeah, I took violin lessons, but I played string bass and orchestras and to practice, especially the big instrument, the big upright double bass, um, I physically could not play that for four hours at a time. Boy, these lessons I learned as a youngster really have applied to me being older. And so, you know, I, I say 20 minutes is a good goal. If you do it every day, you would be shocked at how much you'd get done. You know, be thinking about what you want to quilt and how you want your top to look like finished. That was my next thing because sometimes um, we get done and, and we have no idea how we want to finish the quilt. And if I'm thinking about that as I go along, then I have a plan. And one thing that I did write in the article, and I wrote it in big bold letters to myself, is don't make it more complicated than it needs to be. Or I 
the old acronym K-I-S-S. Keep it simple, stupid. I want to overcomplicate everything. No, unless I'm making a quilt specifically for a reason or design look or maybe a show, I don't have to make it complicated. I, I don't know. Maybe that comes from the classical music training background. Everything has to be exceptionally complicated or technically perfect to be worthwhile. And that's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. The other part is having a timeline. Now, I alluded to this at the beginning of the podcast, you know, having a timeline goal to finish it keeps me honest, keeps me, um, I can't think of the words I'm looking for. See the big M, you know, it's accountability. There we go. Accountability. If you say to yourself or to other people, you're going to get this quilt done in six weeks or eight weeks, the quilting part, or if you start a project and you're going to piece the top, you say you want to have it pieced in 90 days. If you do that, then you'll plot along. The other part is I try not to have too many going at one time. You know, it just, it just overwhelms me to have that many sitting in pieces. Now, I don't mind having a stack of six or less tops, but when it was up to 12 of my own tops and I couldn't get it done, just really upset me. The other part is making sure you have everything, you know, organized in your space. So you're not pulling the classic Vicky. Where are my good scissors? And I spend three days looking for my good scissors. Where is that um, specific thread for this project? I know I had some in my thread box. Oh, thread box isn't, oh, that's not in this box. It's not in this bin. It's, and it, I can go for days. I try to be organized, but... Um, my organization doesn't make sense to other people. So have all of your bits and pieces pulled together for that project while you work on it. And then don't, um, keep it in one spot. Don't move it around. Ah, I tend to do that. People are coming over. Quilt customers coming over to drop a quilt off. Ooh, sweep everything into a bag and then I can't find the bag because the bag of my notions is inside another bag. Do you know that? Yeah. And the last thing I put is sometimes we need professional help. Um, in quilting, that might mean we might need help um, having somebody help us finish it up. Maybe you need to hire a long armor. Maybe you do. I mean, sometimes we just need help with that. Sometimes we need to trade things. Um, I do this too. I have a friend who absolutely loves hand sewing the bindings on. So... Um, I pull all the things together for her and she's good at it. She does a million bindings on things over the course of a year and, um, she's great. I will farm that out to her, except on projects that have big deadlines on or, um, for whatever reason she can't do it because of a deadline. The other thing is, um, sometimes we need to find a friend and chat about why it is we have a million things going at once and not finishing. And sometimes we'll find there's a universal theme between us and our friends as to why. Do we get caught up in the FOMO, the fear of missing out? You sign up for a block of the month and then you go on a blog hop and then you wind up um, doing a guild challenge and then everybody thinks that they need to be doing something with all the different facets of their creative life. And the next thing they know 
there's 25 things going at one time and they're not getting any one of them done. Yeah, that big old FOMO, the fear of missing out, used to catch me on a lot of things off guard. But it doesn't quite so much anymore because I have a more focused plan of what I want to do. And then I have, you know, like a running list of things that I want to make. And I have that written down. And I just try to just work on a couple things at a time, finish those up, and then move on. Now, the other thing is sometimes you need um, something else creative to do so you don't get creatively bored or just bored in life. I mean, I haven't knitted anything in a long time. And then I picked up knitting again a couple years ago. It's a great thing in the evening for when I'm tired. I'm trying to design my own custom-sized fingerless gloves. I have never gone without a pattern before for knitting. Giving it a shot. You know, same with crocheting. You know, so sometimes I'll have a crochet. Well, I'll tell you right now, I have a crochet project started and a knitting project started and then I have my long arming things going and my piecing things going. I have that all going at once and, and you go, Vicki, how can you still be bored? Well, I don't know. I've done a lot of these kinds of things before, but what's helping me to feel challenged is trying the new aspect of things. The writing of patterns, the designing my own gloves and what's going to be a big challenge is when I get my violin out um, I did this a couple times over the last few months is that I can still play scales and I can still play simple songs and what's what stops me on violin is that this I, you know my hands are not as flexible as they used to be due to arthritis and it gets frustrating same with you know my vision is not as good as it used to be so hand stitching and threading needles gets frustrating but doesn't mean that I can't or shouldn't do it. It just means that there are times I don't want to because I get frustrated because my skill level, and it's the same thing about quilting, I'll get frustrated when I can't pick up exactly where I left off. And that brings us full circle again to this 20 minutes a day, doesn't it? You know, when you look at it, what is so important about 20 minutes a day outside of the whole, well, if you work on something 20 minutes a day, it gets done versus picking it up once a month or every six months and work on, working on it at a retreat for eight hours and a stretch. I can tell you exactly why it goes back to the basic principle of learning a skill. The more you practice, the better you get, the more efficient you get. If you practice free motion quilting, I do my long arming, all free motion. If I do it every day for 20 minutes, my skills don't ever feel like they get rusty. What will get rusty is if I haven't made a feather in six months, I might want to put a small piece on of my own and practice a feather before I put a big important customer quilt on. But the basic tenets of free motion quilting, I don't ever feel like I get rusty on it. But if I were to pull a quilt out twice a year and try to quilt it, it could be very frustrating because I can't remember how I do it. I can't remember how to thread the machine. What were the tips I learned or what were those important things I learned while I was free motioning before that I may have forgotten like 
quirks my machine has, how to even thread the thing, what thread I found always worked, how is the tension supposed to be set, what is the basic muscle memory I need to know to finish the project. And I'll be honest, it's the same thing about writing patterns. When you don't do it very often, you can't remember how your program works. How do I make this work? How do I copy pictures that I have of the pattern? How do I write it? Where does it go? How la la? You know, I'm going to get rambling here, but it's the same principle. But if I work on it all the time, a few minutes at a time, my memory that seems to be a little mushy in this big uh, pre-M phase, if you guys know what I'm saying... Uh, I don't forget, and it actually feels like I'm remembering and learning, and I can be taught, <laughs> as the quote from the genie from um, one of my favorite Walt Disney uh, films, uh, Aladdin. Um, you know, it's it's just we do the 20 minutes a day on the things we love because then we don't forget, and actually our skills get better and better and better. And you move from being a beginner to an intermediate. And occasionally we find that we actually can become expert for flashes of time. Now, if you're like me, I don't consider myself an expert in anything for any period of time. But there will be moments where I feel like, whoa, I might be an expert for a day. And then, then float back down to intermediate. <laughs> um, so that's the biggest reason. If quilting or knitting or whatever creative endeavor is what you love to do, when you spend a little bit of time on it every day, your skills don't get rusty. The problem solving of how to free motion a row and not break your thread a hundred times, those problem solving skills stay sharp. You remember the basics that you don't have to think about anymore when you're first learning that task. And you can float to the next level of being able to intuitively do those things without thinking about it so hard. Like, how do I make that swirl? I don't have to think about that anymore. My brain and body knows how to make a swirl. My next problem is while I'm quilting, I can improvise. Bigger swirl, smaller swirl. How do I want this swirl, not squirrel, swirl to fill this particular block? And how do I want to improvise or adapt this without breaking the thread and flowing into another design maybe? See, you have to practice every day to get beyond just the beginning level of learning the task and be able to go to the next level of being able to let your brain creatively flow is a word I've heard a lot and be able to think beyond the task. So that's why 20 minutes a day are important and how you can incorporate all of the aspects of continual practice to your quilting and creative life. Um, I think this winter, another thing I want to do is get my Zentangle things out a little bit and practice some other things, form elements that I could use for free motion quilting. But first I want to get my knitting and this crochet project done, which won't take me too long. I want to thank everybody for listening. And if you have any ideas on how to 
to incorporate the 20 minutes of daily practice and 20 minutes a day, you know, leave them in the comments. Um, my, my suggestion is I, I have a set time a day before I go to work that I have 40 minutes for piecing and sewing and 40 minutes roughly for long arming. That's how I do it. How do you do it? And if you are a woman who is in the same phase of the pre-M that I am in and have memory problems <laughs> and any suggestions for all of the wonderful things that go with it, um, I don't mind hearing about that either. Um, I know most of it is just cope with it and tough it out. But anyway, if you have any suggestions, I'd be more than open to hearing about it or commiserating with somebody else who's going through the same problems and um, inconveniences that I am with it. Also, I want to encourage everybody to um, leave me a little review on my Creative Corner 3 podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you may be listening this podcast through. And you'll know um, that I just started a patron section of the um, Podbean is where I host my Creative Corner 3. And you can find a link either on my webpage or the Podbean um, page itself for my Creative Corner. And that will, link will be in the show notes. You know, I so appreciate those who support me. And I want to thank those who have made, you know, a monthly contribution. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, it helps me so much in keeping the podcast going and keeping up with um, all of the costs of produ production and things like that. Um, if you do want to become a patron um, and you have trouble finding my links, you know, message me or leave a comment. Uh, but there will be a link in the show notes. I just want to thank everybody for listening to this podcast today. And as we go into November and Thanksgiving is I, I really do want to meditate on thankfulness. And I am thankful for my listeners. Thank you.